Welcome to the third episode of A Cup of Joes. I'm Joe Bouchelle, joined as always by Joe Irwin and Joe Q. Last week, we had our uh, inaugural guest, inaugural. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't mean that. (laughs) His name was Denny Loggins. And we got some feedback. Not all of it great. A lot of it was mostly concerned about his well-being. A lot of it was mediocre, too. Yeah. yeah. Mediocre feedback. A lot People, of complaints. Yeah. Complaints. People were pretty indifferent to the episode on <laughs> the whole, but some people were concerned about Denny. So we just want to let those people know that we haven't forgotten about him, and mm-hmm. we actually have our next guest is going to be Officer Nordo, and we're really going to shine the spotlight on him, see what he's all about. Yeah. But this week, uh, I think we're a little, you know, just a little fucking tired. Um, right after the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yep. Got the Super Bowl hangover. Yep. Um, and it's Wednesday. Still feeling it. Yeah. So. So. We're going through it, though. We're going through it together. For the view, the listeners. But, uh, but yeah. What's going on, you guys? Anything, uh, anything new? Well, I think you hit, really hit the nail on the head when you said that we've all been hungover since Sunday. Yeah. So. Okay. I mean, that's. Mine was more of a food hangover. Yeah. A lot of food. And more of it just like chips and dips. Like I had so many like. Didn't you say you went to your aunt or uncle's house who owns a McDonald's? Mm-hmm. That's right. So do they just kind of bring like McFlurries and Shamrock Shakes to the party and nuggets? There were and... Shamrock Shakes spiked with Bailey's. <clears throat> and. Yeah. Yeah. But that was after like, you know, when you get so full of your stomach, like. I'm not going to get into it again. You know, we did that the first episode. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Right. But let's just say, yeah, it's a week where we need to rest a little bit. Yeah. Maybe watch a movie, you know? Yeah. Reflect. Right. Reflect. Think about what's happening. Yes. Well, you mentioned movies. There's a lot of movies out uh, around now. Um, you guys seen any? I've, I've been in the theater a little bit this season, uh, you know, getting ready for Oscar season. Been a bit of an odd season, though. Not mm-hmm. too cold. Not You, know, you never know really yeah, what you're going to A little strange. Um, Disney's doing well. Disney, yeah. As always. Um, Disney hit it big this year with uh, Zootopia, which yes. is a huge movie, huge moneymaker for them. Did you see that? I did. I did. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it very much. How many Cup of Joes would you give it? I give it a solid three cups. Nice. Three mm-hmm. cups. That's, res- that's a respectable rate. Yeah, yeah. that's a respectable I had to pick a movie, uh, a four cup of Joe movie though for this year. I would have to go with Arrival. Arrival. I think it's. This. I, I thought you were gonna say Jug One. <laughs> Jug One. Oh, obviously, obviously. Uh, <sighs> it's it's kind of yeah. But uh, but Arrival, I think, is gonna be be seen uh, seen some awards come Oscar season. Uh, pretty good movie. Recommend it. Um, so is that the prequel new... to Departure? The Departed. The Departed. Um, yes, it's the defeat. <laughs> it's the prequel. It's the prequel. Yeah, the whole movie is Mark Wahlberg just walking into a room and arriving, and then in uh, Scrubs, you know, like yes. when he goes into Matt Damon's apartment. Yes. Speaking yes. of Mark Wahlberg, did you hear that he left the Super Bowl early? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. How, how and he's he using do? his kid as an excuse now. Mm. What do you mean? He. Posted a picture. Was like, hey, you know, my son's my son was sick, you know, but he wasn't. <laughs> so he just left the Super Bowl. Hey, said, I don't know. You know, I'm not. And he missed. I'm a Mark Wahlberg fan. Greatest but, comeback yeah. in Super Bowl history. I mean, still like him in Two Guns. Denzel. Four brothers. Also, another Mark Wahlberg movie. Yeah. But, um. But yeah, I've been seeing uh, a lot of uh, a lot of new movies, but I'm also trying to keep it classic. I'm trying to see some older movies. You're a classic man. Yeah. Uh, so I was watching, flipping through the TV the other day, and uh, saw one of the classics on TV: oh, A Wizard, the, the Wizard of Oz, <laughs> is what I saw. Um, and I had to stop and watch it because. Uh, Did you get it like a year that was made on that movie? When was that made? I think it was made in the 30s, late 30s. I'd say late 30s, it's, early 40s. It's a grippling time. Yeah, 
Um, but it's also one of the first movies to have color. Because if you remember, it starts off in black and white. And then when she goes to the Wizard of Oz, it comes in Technicolor, which is the big... Uh, Where the red shoes get introduced. Right. Right. So, but yeah, great, pretty great movie. Still holds up, I think. So, that's actually funny you bring that up because um, I actually heard a lot of like behind-the-scenes stuff from that movie. Yeah. Have you guys heard this? Have you seen this? <laughs> um, specifically talking about the munchkins in the movie. The munchkins. The munchkins. Yeah. So you remember all the little, uh, yeah. Well, once he once he goes into the land of Oz, they're the the yeah. little the little people, the little Oompa Loompas. Yeah, and Oompa Loompa looking uh, characters. characters. Yeah. So I heard that they kind of like walked around and just kind of did whatever they wanted on set. The and actors. Yeah. That's something that I can confirm. And, oh, uh, I think that's actually Mr. Dan Carlin. Yeah, speaking good to see in. you. Good to see we, you. We again. have him on the conference call. We thought he was just going to be doing some ad work after the show, but you said you could confirm this. Hello, Joe's. Yeah, I had to butt in once I heard you guys speaking about this. I, uh, I have it pulled up on my laptop now, so I can give you the details if you'd like. Yeah, that would be great. Well, in a recent article posted today by CBS News. Entitled, Judy Garland was allegedly molested by Wizard Vod Munchkins. Now, in that, uh, Judy Garland's ex-husband, Sid Luft, claimed that these actors who portrayed the Munchkins sexually harassed Judy. And to prove that... He says, I quote, They thought they could get away with anything because they were so small. End quote. So I think, I think Dan actually just hit the nail on the head there with what I was referring to about this okay. behind-the-scenes I had no theory. idea. I had no idea. There's also sto- stories of... <laughs> what a great story, Mark. <laughs> of, uh, That's another flick coming up. Uh, mm. Another great flick coming mm. up. Yeah. Uh, the Room. <clears throat> yeah. Um, but no, going back to that, I'm pretty sure there was a story about one of the midget actors hanging himself on while they were filming, and they had to you know either edit it or take it out or leave it in. Who knows what actually happened? But I just know there's a little bit more behind the scenes. I you know I've heard that then, one. Then I've we would have kind of liked to hear about these uh, Oompa Loompas. I've heard that one. I've heard that you can see him actually swinging from a rope in the background of a scene. Well, I think the main thing, the takeaway, is that these, you know, lack of a better word, midgets, are they're drawn to extreme things, extreme things in life. You know, maybe harassment, maybe hanging by a noose. You know, not all of them, but the yeah. unfortunate few that do. But then also, if you've seen Wolf of Wall Street, or <clears throat> uh, unfortunately, uh, we went to go see a, a midget wrestling show uh, our buddy Mr. Milwaukee took us to. Was it in Milwaukee? Yes. Mr. Milwaukee, he was okay. showing us about town. And uh, we, uh, you know, we've known him for a while, but he's a guy that you never really know, you know? I know. You know what I mean, Joe? Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, Joe Q, you were present at uh, Milwaukee, y- where yeah. we saw the little people, midgets. Um, so, so did you already introduce Mr. Milwaukee? Mm-hmm. Did we do that? Uh, yeah. Well, oh, and also, I mean, Mr. Milwaukee, he, he isn't just, he's actually very involved in the operation. Uh, he has like a, he owns a stable of... Midget a, stable. A, a, a stable. A, a stable. Like you would keep horses in. Correct. Like a stall. Mm-hmm. Okay. More yeah. of an, a figurative sense. Okay, but, okay. Yeah. And he breeds these. Uh, well, he has families that he has complete control over. And he basically trails across the country, um, you know, kind of... We're not that good of friends with him. Promoting promoting these fights, or you know, bringing some of the the town folk in, to you know, to gamble, mm-hmm. to spend money on people who fake wrestle. That he 
for like a lack of a better term, owns. Correct. He's basically like the Vince McMahon of midget wrestling. Except, yeah. it's like a he's innovative. Would you call it a form of modern day slavery? No, because these people are getting paid. Okay. And uh, it's technically like you know they had to apply for this job. Um, okay. Yeah. Some of them were born into it, which they're not. They're free to leave at any time, but the opportunities awaiting you know just in reality aren't there aren't that many. Right. No. So right. that's you know that's why he goes to Milwaukee where he can kind of get a lot of these town folk in and say hey. You know, do you want to be a part of this or not? And then that's when they kind of all say, yes. Yeah, so. okay. Draws them in. Okay. Yeah. And so... It's a real spectacle. We weren't expecting. So Mr. Milwaukee, he... Um, he's an exciting character. He's heavily involved in this sort of underworld of... Uh, you could say he orchestrates it. He sets up these mm-hmm. bouts. Um, and he brought you to one. Yes. Mm-hmm. What would you describe the uh, the atmosphere if you had, if you had to pick one word? Well, if it, I could probably do it in one sentence. Okay, sentence. Okay, um, it's basically like we were going to a Trump rally. Okay. Uh, mixed with WWE fans, who but not the good WWE who are, fans who are, who are just you know crying and have poster boards. The the other ones who are way too drunk to be there. Bloodthirsty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, vengeance. The ones who only go word. for the Hell in the Cell match. Okay. Mm-hmm. The only event they're attending. They want to see. Calling out for they want to see yes. the Hardy Bros jump from the top deck, and when the top deck, I mean a nine foot ladder for. They want to see Mick Foley get choke slammed through three cages of Hell in a Cell and land on tacks. That's what they're coming for. Yeah. So we actually saw but it in midget form. Mm-hmm. We saw it live. We saw Mr. Milwaukee basically front row, kind of you know steering the direction of how he wants this match to go, based off of bets he's receiving in. Everybody is throwing down this thing. Okay. Have you taken bets on the side? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. And it just so happens there was a fight right in front of where our seats were between people who were sitting in the fans. Stands. Fans. Correct. Nothing to do with the actual uh, spectacle, as Joe mentioned earlier on. Uh, the rink. It was independent of what was happening in the ring. Okay. Well, if this is what I remember, um, yeah, we were standing there and you know enjoying the action because they were they were fantastic performers. Don't get me. I mean, they were they loved. There was one guy from Canada, mm-hmm. um, and he had the Canadian flag on his his underoos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And he had bleach blonde hair. And he uh, Quite he look. was fucking he had an electric personality he was magnetic he gave an impromptu speech during his match just, <laughs> okay. and he's we do this for you <laughs> and everyone is going nuts and I was like you know and then the guy in front of us he's like fuck yeah and he has the beer he cocks back throws it but it hits the hand of the guy right in front of him who's also cheering okay and it goes all over this guy's fucking neck and back they start shoving and right one guy throws and then q he if you've ever seen uh jackass the movie yeah no it's one of the shows is it the show i think it's one of the shows okay it's one of the on one of the shows um mtv used to be a great network mtv jackass yeah challenge is actually all right yeah and uh the one where they kind of break into an office building they're on the ceiling right drop down in like a rope and over there and then there's this uh Black guy with dreadlocks who literally, before they break through the ceiling, <laughs> yeah, he's out of the office. I remember this, yeah. That It was that quick of a reaction. Yeah, he was just gone. From Joe Q. I took a straight beeline for the exit. I'm not I'm not even kidding. There were some guys selling CDs and T-shirts in the back by the fire exit. And I said, I'm gone. And it was a smart move because I was, I was frozen just in my body. Just I was an observer, you know. So how... How out of control was this situation about to become? I've been playing a lot of GTA Five lately. Okay. And I thought it was about to get to four or five stars. Okay. Okay. I got out of there. Okay. So you were basically at helicopters chasing you. Yes. And you thought the SWAT team was on its way. Yeah, I'm trying to take cover anywhere I can get. I got you. So. Thank you for putting in terms I can understand. So you. So this was basically just. Uh, ready to explode this this room Mm -hmm. and you stayed yeah i was uh with well mr milwaukee he 
he was reveling in it. He was, you know, he was feeding it. off of that yeah. violence. There was fire in his eyes. There yeah. was. I looked at him and I, I, I knew, I knew he was a shady person. You but couldn't recognize. I him. couldn't recognize a human being in there. Was, I only saw just bloodlust, animalistic. Yes, zero signs of yeah. empathy or yeah humanity. So then, that's what warned me that omen. I was like, things things are changing. Something is happening. Yeah. So going back to uh, you know the Wizard of Oz statement you made earlier, it's a great movie. It's timeless. It taught us a lot about you know the direction of where we're going with the film art industry business. But uh, those midgets, man, <laughs> it may have seemed like a rosy, good message on the surface, but underneath is a dark, dark past. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and they also represent that in the way that they have the physical boundaries of a child. Because that's your past, you know? You're dealing with your past, but your face, you know? It's weird. So they're like yeah. the Andy Milanakis of, like, human growth hormones? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love how you've been referring to them as they this whole time, like your son, like, priest. Well, I'm not part of them, so I can't say we. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Well, I think we've learned a lot about ourselves. With, uh, and it seems like you both learned a lot about the human condition mm-hmm. that night in Milwaukee. Yeah. Yeah, things tilted for me. Yeah. You know, I knew you before that day. I know you both now, and you're both two completely different people. Yeah. I don't know if I'll ever be able to unsee that, so... I think we should just leave it at that. Okay. Can we please stop? Yeah. We'll be right back. Spend all your time waiting For that second chance For a break that would make it okay always some reason to feel not good enough and it's hard at the end of the day I need some distraction After that last segment, I think uh, we'll have a little change of pace. Have a little science minute here. Um, been a fan favorite, might I add, Joe. You've been doing well. Well, there's been one episode of the science minute, and uh, this will be the second. So, this... really looking forward to it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> thank you. Uh, this week we're gonna be talking about the exploration of Venus, one of the most one of the hardest planets to explore because of its harsh atmosphere. And high temperatures and skull-crushing pressures. Would you say it's got the mind of a hearth? Yeah. Would you call it a curb-stomping atmosphere? Um, this is curb-stomping on a new level. Um, Venus has an atmosphere 90 times that of Earth. So how, what you weigh on Earth times 90 is what you would feel. <laughs> <laughs> You're, you're so, let's, so so let's let's do some let's do some math real quick. So Joe, you weigh what? Three three twenty? Yeah. Uh, no, let's go with about two forty, please. Two forty. Okay, so two forty. How much would you weigh? Twenty one thousand six hundred pounds. So so I weigh a truck. Your femurs would shatter. Have you seen this guy? 
I've been drinking a lot of milk my whole life. Have you seen his chicken legs? I think he can hold up anything. Okay. Well, you just might be able to Mm. visit Venus. Probably not. But with new advances in technology, you might be able to. I'll highlight some right now. Um, so is this an ad before we get started? No, this is just okay. this is more just an update of uh, it's kind of an interesting uh, thing I was reading about um, just the history of trying trying to find uh, what it looks like on Venus. For those of you that don't know, Joe actually likes to hint in some ad work that he does on the side that we don't know about, so we don't technically all get. So that's actually why Joe uh, B was asking. Mm-hmm. And okay. Dan Carlin usually likes to be involved in the ad work. Yeah. So just make sure you fly by Dan. Um, so, the only country that has actually visited Venus, thrown a probe onto the surface of Venus, and sent pictures back, you could find them online if you look, is the Soviet Union. And the longest time that any craft has spent on the surface is 127 minutes before it was crushed and just dis- disintegrated. Because it's so, uh, it's so hot. It's so hot, in fact, the temperature is 470 degrees Celsius, which translates to 878 degrees Fahrenheit. Mm. So it's hot. And basically after that time, the electronics just fry and you can't get, you can't, you lose all contact with your probe. So in 1981, uh, the Soviet probe, the Venera 13, lasted 127 minutes. Venereal disease? No, it's just Venera 13. Oh. Not, it an has, interesting age it's it, got. It has nothing to Would do... Would you say it's between 9 and 13 years old? Air on the side of 13, I'd guess. In yeah. dog ears? Um, it's thir- it's, it's, I would think it's the 13th probe that they... Uh, so developed. So past nine, not in between, but it's definitely the thirteenth. It's the thirteenth. When okay. was it launched? Friday the thirteenth. Uh, yes, actually. Really? No, I'm. I can't confirm that. Okay. We don't like to spread lies here. So. Um, but this is the probe that gave the first color photo. Um, I don't know if you want to check that out. You Let's can check see, it out. You can see what I'm looking at. What? Check it out. What are we going for here? Um. Just type in maybe surface of Venus. Surface of Uranus. And it's pretty... You could look tell by the picture. Yeah, that's it right there. It looks like it's a yellow atmosphere. The sky is yellow. Because there's sulfur. It's like you're getting pissed on at all times of the day. But the the piss is acid and it'll corrode your skin. So after a long weekend of drinking, that kind of piss all over you. At all times. So this is... You know, Country Thunder, day three, before you get an IV and you type P. Mm-hmm. It's not conducive to healthy living. Um, yeah, I would say so. But this is this is the first photo, first color photo released. And that was taken in 1981. You know, it kind of looks like it reminds me of like Zapdos from Pokemon. Yeah. Looks like a, something he'd leave behind, some kind of scene, you know? Yeah. The aftermath. Yeah. Um, Pokemon for you. So after uh, after the Venera 13, <laughs> three more Soviet uh, probes visited Venus. Venera 14, Vega 1, and Vega 2. But no one on Earth has tried to land on Venus since 1985. Um, Why? Basically just because they decided that it's not worth the time and effort to get there and be on the surface for two hours before all your electronics fry because normal digital computers don't really work. And standard silicon tr- chips, they hang on to around 250 degrees Celsius and the so sur- surface of Venus is almost two times that. You can't just send somebody in like a cooling suit? Can they get any, uh, can they toughen up a little bit, those silicon chips? What if you well, send people who are like from a cold climate up there? What if they're like Minnesotan chips? What if uh, you send a couple of Eskimo bros? They can handle it. They explored all those options, but eventually they decided that too much there's too much energy in a thermodynamic system, so the chips eventually, when you're introducing too much heat into a system, it stops being a semiconductor, and the electrons freely jump the band gap, and everything just stops working after a certain time. Too much it absorbs too much heat. So we got to cool it down. Yeah, and the Venera or the dry ice. 
The Venera landers kept their electronics cool in her hermetically sealed chambers, and they were actually cooled to a, to a temperature of negative 10 degrees C in the orbiter around Venus before they were sent down. So they were coming down cool um, to slow, to try to maximize so they're the pretty time. Cool. They're pretty cool capsules. Pretty cool cucumbers, yeah. um, as they say. These are optimal orbitals, if you will. Yeah. Orbital inserts, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but it basically, it didn't make sense. Um, and maybe the fall of the Soviet Union has something to do with it, too. But they were the only ones trying to explore Venus. But recently, semiconductor silicon carbide had matured in technology, um, mostly from push from, from uh, military applications and heavy machinery applications because they can support really high voltages and temperatures. Um, so this would be something that's suitable for computing. What's this shit called again? Silicon carbide um, semiconductors. Silicon carbide. Yeah. And so they've actually been working on this at NASA um, over at, in, uh, in, there's a place right outside of Cleveland. It's called the Glenn Space Flight Research, Research Center. And it's John Glenn, uh, ah. who's from Ohio. And recently died, but um, they, what they've done is they've come up with high-temperature integrated circuits, and uh, they basically interconnects their tiny wires, and they can connect transistors that can survive high temperatures, um, even the high temperatures found on Venus to be, you know, approaching 900 degrees Fahrenheit. So, what type of human does it is it going to take to basically put on Venus and kind of live there? I don't think a human would last. Two minutes. Here's my idea. We give, you know, cockroaches sentience. Mm-hmm. Give them our consciousness and be like, hey, go check this out. See what's going on. Because they can survive anything, you know? You know, on a related note. And they'd be like, hey, it's not that bad. There's nothing really going on. I like from like Men in Black. Like, I, yes. that's how I would imagine. On a, on a related note, I've heard of people taking cockroaches, right? And what they do, they're actually controlling them on their computer. Can you control a cockroach to move left or right when it's walking? Just by sending uh, a signal to yeah, it. Yeah, if what? you use the LB or RB button on your Xbox controller, sure. You could, I, I'm telling you right now, you could make a cyborg cockroach. Here's what they do. They take the two antennas, right? And when, when a cockroach is walking along and its left antenna hits something, it says, oh, there's something on my left, I'm going to turn right, right? You cut off the ends of the antennas, put them back onto a, a chip on its back, hook that up to a cell, um, you know, a Wi-Fi, and then just say, like, okay, send a signal to its left antenna to get it to turn right, and vice versa. So you're not too far off on that, Joe. We wow. are almost there. We can do that. So you that's can, the next step. That's, that's the next step. The cockroach may survive. Um, and to get them there, you know, I was just—I just mentioned the Glenn Research Center. Um, so they took these interconnects and these silicon carbide um, semiconductors, and they created a ceramic chip, like similar to ceramic wrap. Saran c- saran wrap. <laughs> yeah. There's a D on the end. Um, Wait, there's a difference between saran wrap and ceramic wrap. What is saran? Yeah, there's a D on that one. I'm wholly confused. Ceramic wrap? I don't know that one. Um, no, I know what you're saying. Salami, right? We'll come back to that one. Salami, yeah. Um, Salami break. Okay. But 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 anyways, yeah, they... Um, <laughs> they uh, Saran, that's what you said. Sorry. Saran wrap, yeah. There's a D. It's, it's different. But uh, basically what they did to try to... They want... They, the hypothesis is this this is something that can maybe last on the surface of Venus. So to test that, they put it in the what they call the gear, the G E E R. Richard is, Gear. Yes. <laughs> put it in the Richard Gear. Yeah. If it can survive that, it can survive anything. Uh, but no, the gear the gear stands for the Glenn Extreme Environment Rig. Okay. Did John Glenn invent this? No, no it's, it was just developed at the Glenn Space Flight Center. Okay. What a cool, what a really cool name. Yeah, it is a cool name. And he was a senator, and the first American orbit Earth. Oh, I, I thought we were talking about what he named his penis. 
What did he name? Gear. It? That's what he named his penis. No, is it Big Rig? Yeah, whatever it's called. Oh. Um, well, anyways, they uh, they took this chip. The chip is a uh, it's a three stage oscillator. They put it in this uh, extreme experiment rig, and it, it ended up functioning at a frequency of 1.26 megahertz for 521 hours. That is just about three. Time's up, Joe. It's time. We're back. Thanks for hanging on there. Uh, it's probably no time at all for you, but it was a long time for us. Anyways, we're excited to hear from you, our listeners, because we sent out a, a, a tw- tweets, uh, Twitski, earlier before today. We sent out a little bit of a twit. And uh, Twitter. So why don't we uh, check out some tweets? Yeah. You know, here with the bluebird guys. Oh! I'm just asking for tweets. Ooh. I'm just looking for some tweets. Okay, so why don't we hop right into it? So, this first Twitter question comes to us from Old Man F- 12. <laughs> Old Man, is it two F's in a row? What was it? It's F. F- 12. Okay. Thoughts on the Bulls' future? Bringing back guard packs? Question mark. Trade Jimmy for draft picks? Question mark. Add a cup of Joe's. Hmm. So I know you guys are really big Bulls fans. Mm-hmm. What do we think about this? Well, isn't there is some uh, friction in uh, the Bulls organization with Jimmy Butler? I think there is some friction. Yeah, but how do you get a fire? You need friction. That's true. All right. You also need oxygen and fuel. It's right. So they're just missing that. They're missing the oxygen and fuel. Yeah. I'd say the fuel is Dwayne Wade. Give me some oxygen, man, though. I can't breathe. I agree. Okay, this next tweet is from Zebredman. Who would you like to see the Blackhawks acquire before the trade deadline? Ovechkin. Great answer. So this next tweet is from Hank Mardukas. Hey, Joes. I've got a would you rather for you. Wondering which you'd rather have. A real-life pause button or a real-life rewind button? Let me know your thoughts. Pause versus rewind. So, Joe, you going to start out with this one? Um, Would you rather have a real-life pause button or a rewind button? So let's say you're in a bad instance with your girlfriend's family. Okay. And you're at dinner at Joe's Crab Shack, and you're trying to... Make a good impression. You're making a good impression. And break the ice at the shack. You say... uh, You're in front of her dad, and he's kind of grilling you. Yeah. And he asks you something you obviously don't want to answer. Are you hitting pause right there, or are you rewinding? Are you trying to not be in that scenario at all? If you rewind, or if you pause, does everyone else freeze except you? Yeah, and then you kind of get to think it through and what you're going to respond. and Yeah, that could be useful. But I think um, I think the rewind button serves the same purpose as the pause button because you can also just go back in time and know that he's going to ask you that question and be prepared for it. So I would go rewind. Okay, Joe. See, uh, there's... One thing I care about with this question, and that is you do not mess with the past. Yeah. That is a rule of mine. Because guess what? You're going to figure out that question, right? You're going to know about it, and then he's going to ask you, and you're going to answer it, and it's going to be, he's going to hate what you said. Only because time's like, no, 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 you don't get to fuck around like that. You get to boot if you do that. Mm-hmm. So we I would do pause. Okay. Is my answer. True. I mean, we know from time travel movies, and uh, always bites in the changing ass. things in the past usually has lasting ramifications. Time, in the it is a river. 
Yeah. According to Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, she tweeted that. And either of, I mean, another thing, either of these options basically makes you live forever, right? You could live forever, pause with no one else. You could live alone forever, or you could live, relive your with other your friends forever. Keep pushing. And you can also see what your friends are doing without you all the time. You know. Yeah, like pause. Like, hey, they said. Yep. That they were staying in tonight. Let's see. I got. I got all the everyone staying put. I'm gonna go over there. I'm gonna take a walk. Yeah. I gotcha. So. Take a walk in the wild. That's dangerous side. in the wrong hands. Yeah. It's a good question, though. Brings up a lot of quandaries that we... Quagmires. Yeah. You know? I think I would I would still go with the uh, rewind button. Could you rewind at certain speeds? Could you control the speed at which you're rewinding? Because you could basically... Ma- specify? You could make you? it... You could basically make it a pause button. No, it's, it's probably like... You could probably only go like 1.5 times fast. Rewind. Yeah, okay. can you do it like Nothing how it crazy. is on Nothing demand, crazy. like no. times two, times three? I think we're going. Nothing too we're just we're just going VCR rules. Yeah, mm-hmm. one speed, maybe two. Okay, we'll go with two. I'd still pick I, rewind. Okay, I'm going with pause. Okay, and with that, we're gonna take you into our next song. Great we, question, though. Before yeah. we answer the next question, yeah, thanks. Keep sending in, guys. Add a cup of Joe's. Appreciate it. Who's that person? Hank Mardukas. Hank Mardukas. Holly came from Miami, FLA. Hitchhiked away across USA. Plucked her eyebrows on the way, shaved her legs, and then he was a she. She says, Hey, babe. Take a walk on the wild side. Said, hey, honey, take a walk the First time I really listened to that first uh, verse. Ooh. Ooh, okay. Yeah, the next one. Candy came from out on the island. Okay, next question we got is from Mr. Milwaukee himself. Oh, it's and a cup of Joe's. What's the most disrespectful thing a man can do to another man? Hashtag Charles Oakley. Hashtag Thursday thought. So, what is the most dis- disrespectful thing a man can do to another man? What's the Charles Oakley? Who's Charles Oakley? Who is Charles Oakley? You ask. Yes. Um, unfamiliar. I'm assuming it's just. I'm thinking of that Oakley guy. Remember that uh, dude from Baylor? They had the picture of him. So it looks like looks this like actually just happened this person. evening. Charles Oakley, former New York Nick, was arrested after being escorted from from Madison Square Garden for apparently um, going after attempted assault James Dolan, who was the owner of the Knicks. Hmm. So what's the most disrespectful thing a man can do to another man, basically saying a former player is going to go after the owner. Mm-hmm. I would have to go uh, maybe driving over to the other person's house, ringing the doorbell, and um, when they come to the door... The other person the other man? I thought this is the man. The other man. man. This is a man-on-man type yes. thing? It's a confrontation on the front lawn of another man's home. Picket, white picket fence? Yep. Um... Without breaking eye contact, maybe just take your pants down and just number two, run on, run on the lawn. Mm-hmm. Eye contact, never broken. That's pretty disrespectful. That would be my answer. You'd make an enemy there. Yeah. yeah. An enemy, but also a friend, I think, in your aspect. If you'd call it a friend, yeah, you can call it a comrade, maybe. Um, I think... Just in my personal experience, from what has been shown to me, the disrespect, I just got to say the most disrespectful thing that has ever happened to me is, uh, it's happened on a few occasions, but another man coming up to me, spitting in his hand, and then slapping me in the face. Wow. 
I think those two actions together, they ignited something primal inside me. And, you know, I felt like I was one of my tribal ancestors. And yes. they just cursed, put a curse, tried to put a curse on my family. Not going to happen. Don't spit in your hand and slap me in the face. Aren't you all Irish, though? Hmm? Aren't, aren't you all Irish? Oh, we were Irish, yeah. And you say your family's tribal? Yeah. We're all tribal in the in the beginning. Celtic uh, tribes. Well, okay. Um, we got a new tweet that just came in from uh, RJ Fish twelve. Something seems to be Fish? going on with that number twelve. I don't know. Twelve. Hmm. Yeah. That's the question. No. Just Ad- an observation. Oh, okay. And a cup of Joe's. Is it true if you don't use it, you lose it? By the way, he, he capsizes that he is definitely asking for a friend. So, uh, you know, uh, RJ, we appreciate you, uh, you know, asking that. And I think, I'm sure your friend appreciates it, too. Yeah. And I think uh, your friend is definitely going to appreciate this answer, which I think Joe B. has for you. Sure, sure. Um, yeah. Losing it's a funny thing, right? What do we mean by losing it? Uh, are we talking physically, like it disintegrates? Maybe. Are we talking about, hey, I don't even know what the hell I'm doing anymore, losing it? And if that's the one you're talking about, then yes. If you don't use it, you definitely lose it. Because your mind goes. Strong. You Strong lose answer. your little spice, your little... You lose your... Uh, your trowel. Tzatziki sauce. That's what I call it. Yeah. Tzatziki? I think every every person's a gyro in the end. Yeah. Okay. We're mostly meat, a lot of water. Sometimes just come a lot of yeast wrapped sure. up in a pita. Plenty of yeast. Yeah. Get a soft pita. Yeah. Onions. And then tomatoes if you're uh, yeah. adventurous. Sure. With fries maybe. And a coke. Yeah, but that's like technology. Then we're getting in that realm. So. Yeah. How about you, Joe? What do you think? Um, I disagree again with you. I think, uh, I think you're never too, you can never be out of something too long to scout back again. You just need to, you know, once it's a learned art, you just need to hop back into it and then you kind of remember it. It's like riding a bike. You never forget, huh? Yeah. That's what I think. Riding a bike. Funny you should say that. Yeah, it is. (laughs) Why is it funny you should say that? (laughs) That'll be for another time, Joe. Okay. All right. Um, so we have an, uh, another tweet that uh, just came in uh, mm. from Lars McDumpster. Wow. Where is the last place you decided it was best to throw away your underwear when it came to shitting your pants? Mine just so happened to be at Chili's. Wow. Great, great question from Lars McDumpster. Lars McDumpster... Uh, I, I think fan. I, I think he knows that maybe one or all of us has been through this scenario where we may have shit ourselves kind of mm-hmm. out and about in the public. And I might want to actually take this lead on this one. Um, I can recall correctly. Correctly. You recall correctly. Um, that I remember shitting my pants at my cousin's house when uh, we were at a park about a, about a block or two down from his house. It was probably on some holiday. Um, we were probably we were young. I was probably a little bit older though. So then you should be like nineteen, twenty. No, no, probably like ten. I don't know. We'll be in the middle, fifteen. <laughs> I was double digits for sure. Sure. And uh, I was wearing sweatpants. I remember this distinctly. I got this super uber feeling that I had to shit walking home from this playground. Okay. I started walking home, kind of like fast-paced walking, like Tom Hanks and uh, uh, yeah. Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump. He, he's more of a jogger. And I start walking, and I start fucking shitting down the entire pant leg of the sweatpants I'm wearing. And I start walking around trying to drop these freaking log pebbles out of the side of my uh, pant pocket like I was trying to escape. Wait. It was in your pocket? Like, so I had my hands in my pocket. There was shit dripping down my leg. And I decided to start walking by. So, like, 
You're sprinkling them out like Andy Dufresne and Shawshank Redemption. Correct. That's a hundred percent what I was trying to get to. Okay. That movie was each time he brings the rocks back out when he's you know he's peeling behind that sweet poster when he escapes. No. That was me driving pebbles across this beautiful, just paved street. Yeah. So laying the manure. I got home, or I didn't get home. I got back to my cousin's house, and I threw that fucking shit out right there. So to answer your first question, I threw my shit-stained underwear out at my cousin's house after I shit my pants. Wow. I. That's an amazing story. I don't. No, if I have an answer to that question. Okay, so maybe if you haven't done it yet. Let's say you haven't shit your pants yet. First In what all, situation would you? That's a lie, first of all. But let's say, you know, you're in a scenario. obviously you're a baby. You you're in a scenario. Yeah. Liar. This guy just so happened to be at Chili's. Let's say you get some hot zingers off the plate. He's got to go. Okay? Yeah. What, are you gonna, what are you supposed to do? You're not just going to sit there and moist, damp, fucking you fart. Have to, you have to act. Yeah. you got to move on the physical impulses. You have to clean yourself, clean yourself up, get back. Because I remember, there. there are times when I have ignored the physical signs. You paid for it. Yeah, you pay for it dearly. Do you recall a moment where you may have thrown out your dirty underwear? Yeah, um, it's pretty clear as day. The last, um, you know, I would say the last time, the second to last time was about the same time as the story you just told so about then but the uh, time most recent for me was you know it was in college as it happens for a lot of people okay freshman year you know had a night where you drink and you have fun mm-hmm. and you eat a couple euros and i woke up in the morning we're watching uh we're smoking a doobski watching king of the hill i'm having <laughs> fun and then i'm like oh man this this is going to be a bit of a, a stinker, but I'm going to let it out anyways. But even though I knew, you know, it's like I knew the levees were going to break yeah. anyways, you know. And there it goes. Shit my pants. <laughs> went to the community bathroom. Just dropped trow, you know. Uh, a little shame to say, just left in one of the oh, shower no. stalls. Oh, Joe. Yeah. That poor janitor. Uh, well, the floor was kind of like that, anyways. That's my excuse. That it wasn't the cleanest. Every, your product of your Everybody was a little bit filthy. Okay. So I'm gonna say I was part of the crowd, and I was okay. filthy myself. Um, I can't recall a moment where I needed to do that recently. I'm sure it happened when I was a baby. But recently, that's never happened to me. Well, good. So, it may happen in the future, and if it does, I will let you know. As a guy who drinks a lot of Cup of Joe's, Joe, I'm actually surprised that you haven't shit your pants before, but we'll move on. Okay. I mean, even a shirt would count. Um, we have <laughs> we have one last question, maybe one or two more questions. Uh, one just came in from... The at Twitter handle at Twin Dongs. Twin Dongs. Double Dong. At Cup of Joe's. What do you guys think of Twin Dongs in society? <laughs> of, <laughs> two of Twin of, um, I think they should be accepted. If you have, you know, I guess... Well, I assume we're talking. And, and why not? You know that. I mean, that's the real question. Why not? Why wouldn't they be accepted? I knew two dongs in high school. They were twins. Twin dongs, right? Kim and Han. They were accepted. Kim dong, Han dong. Han dong. And they did all they your homework. They were homework. twins. Just my math homework. Just your math. So yes, twin dongs can certainly be accepted in society. They have as their place. long as they do your math homework. And that is the sole requirement for two dongs, mm-hmm. twin dongs. With that, we have one last question from you from RJ Fish Twelve again. Oh, it looks like double dipping. He's uh, he's asking about Hosanna, and I think actually a couple of uh, <laughs> a couple of us have a uh, a certain uh, a certain answer to this one. 
And after that, you know, I think we're going to leave you guys at that and hope to see you next week. So, absolutely. Thanks for listening. Hosanna chooses what you get in life. Be happy for what Hosanna gives to you. They would prefer the books of Tom Hanks. But I can live with Tom Arnold too. as an elephant eats what are you at getting terribly fat what do you think will come of that i don't like the look of it oompa loompa doompa dee da if you're not greedy you will go far you will live in happiness too like the oompa loompa doompa dee do Doom-ba-dee-doo, 